Welcome to the Expansive Astrology Podcast, where we look at using astrology beyond the tropes and horoscopes to tune into the natural forces around us and within us, honoring our true nature to craft our future. I'm your host, Melissa, the self-care witch, and I'm here to help you meet your magic. Without further ado, let's begin this week's episode with a tarot reading for the collective. Hi, welcome back. It's episode 21. And today we're talking about Libra season through the lens of the tarot. So we'll be speaking about the Justice card, the Empress card, the Suit of Swords, the Queen of Swords. Helps to give us a fuller picture of um, what this season is here to help us with what this season brings with it and the medicine, the invitations so that we can really make the most of the magic that can be had here. First things first, the collective tarot reading, as always. Uh, I'm doing the soul check-in spread for the collective. It's a spread by Lindsay Mack. It's four cards meant to show us what's present here for us, what we can learn, and what we can anchor in with in the week ahead. It's one of my favorite ways to read. And since this is for the collective, take what you need and leave the rest, right? Some things might really resonate for you and some things might not hit um, home quite as much. And stay open to seeing how these things might play out for you in the week to come. Wow, okay. So, present for us is the Four of Cups, supported by judgment. Kind of have some evaluative vibes, (laughs) if you will. That's kind of what I'm grabbing from this. So, the Four of Cups, each of the Cups cards brings us into a relationship with our heart, with our emotions, with our intuition, with our innermost self in some way. And the Four of Cups... In the traditional Pamela Coleman Smith illustration, we see a being sitting by a tree. They look kind of pensive. They're studying these three cups that are sitting before them. And it seems like they're oblivious to a fourth cup that is being seemingly like handed to them by this disembodied hand that we also see in the aces of each suit. So it looks like the universe is handing this person a fourth cup and they are either refusing it or they don't see it or something's going on there, right? And oftentimes kind of the traditional message with the four of cups is, oh my God, look up, (laughs) like don't miss, don't miss it. You don't want to miss this fourth cup that's being offered to you. And as always, (laughs) this is just like a Lindsay Mac fan podcast at this point, (laughs) to be honest. But as always, uh, Lindsay Mack is so brilliant in her interpretation, her soul tarot theory. She reminds us that we cannot miss what is meant for us. So this kind of like, almost like a fear mongering type of interpretation that is kind of common with the Four of Cups. uh, She really throws that away and reassures us like, 
you won't miss anything that's meant for you. She says, we can, we can sit here in the four of cups as, as long as needed. (laughs) Um, it's not like we're going to miss something that is meant for us. Spirit will sit here and hold it, hold out its hand for as long as it takes. Right. So we can kind of like take that pressure off. And when we take that pressure off, what is left when we see this card, you know? If it's not about, hey, look at what else you could have. Look at what else you could be doing. You don't want to miss something. If it's not about that, like, what is it? Soul Tarot says that the Four of Cups is actually an ally in you choosing to honor your own timing with things. If the fours all kind of invite some sort of boundary, This four has us drawing a clear boundary with our time, with our energy, and with what we are and are not available for. The person in this card is focusing on their three cups right now, really studying them, really taking their time to digest these three cups before moving on to the fourth. And that's okay. (laughs) This card reminds us to take our time. Reminds us to say no when we need to focus on the three cups we already have. It also reminds us that that fourth cup will be available whenever that person is ready to reach out and grab it. Again, you will not miss anything that's meant for you. Never. (laughs) Never, ever. And so are you okay with being where you are? Or can you be okay with being where you are? You know, can you kind of center in and choose to focus on those three cups? Or maybe it is time for you to look up and kind of turn away from your three cups and look at adding a fourth. That's for you to determine um, where are you at in your four of cups experience, you know. But and either way, it's about um, being wise with the timing of our lives, being wise and accepting of the way our lives are unfolding, being accepting of um, how many cups we have and what they're filled with, you know, um, spending, taking the proper time and energy and care for the cups that are in front of us before adding a fourth. And then when it's time to add a fourth, uh, getting real about that, you know, and, and, and doing that. <laughs> And this card this week is supported by the judgment card. I've said this before, and I'm always very honest when I pull this card. I am just very aware that I have a lot to learn (laughs) when it comes to the judgment card. This is the second to last card in the major arcana. So once we've reached the judgment card, a lot has gone down, (laughs) right? And so this is kind of the final step before we reach the world card, before we reach this graduation point, this like point of transformation or enlightenment or this like higher state of being. Um, This is the final step before we get there. So in the traditional Smith Rider weight deck, we see a pretty like biblical looking image of like this angel seemingly like blowing their trumpet and awakening the dead. (laughs) This is kind of what's depicted there. And 
as always, that image evokes a message, right? In the judgment card, we're kind of looking at the truth of a thing. It's See, it's almost like justice amplified or justice like magnified. We are, it's like a reckoning. We are looking at everything that we need to see. It's like um, following the call, um, shining a light on what needs to be seen and what needs to be looked at. The judgment card is acknowledging, looking at, working with those final few things that need to be acknowledged, (laughs) looked at, and taken care of before we can move into the world card. This is like an evaluation, a reflection on ourselves and the choices that we've made, the path that we've taken to get to where we are. Um, It's like this um, major self-reflection. And we get to ask, like, how do I I want to show up to that self-reflection, you know? It's about seeing the truth, embracing the truth, Letting go of any illusions, right? Um, it's kind of like this, it's time to get really real <laughs> before we can move forward kind of energy. And I like that. I like the way that the judgment card kind of enhances or supports the four of cups energy. If we're going to be sitting here with these three cups and if if this is where we are and we just kind of have to focus on these three cups, let's do it in a very judgment energy kind of way, right? In a very honest, divinely guided and like resourced type of way. Usually the word reckoning doesn't really have a positive connotation. Uh, And I'm finding myself, maybe it's just my like natural tendency to want to kind of (laughs) sit in my rose colored glasses as much as possible. But I'm finding myself wanting to say like, we can be in the four of cups and we can be in the judgment card. We can have a reckoning. We can be really awake to what needs to be seen, even if it's uncomfortable, right? Um, can, can we do all of that with grace and self-compassion and like an open heart and a, a humbled ego, <laughs> just knowing that this is all just a step in our path. This is all just keeping us in alignment, you know? So that's, what's present for us. Our lesson this week is the eight of cups. Mm, This is where it might start to get a little more spicy. (laughs) Again, the cup cards encourage us to touch in with the heart in some way. And, you know, I'll just cut to the chase. In the eight of cups, we're asked to walk away from anything that is not working. Even if that thing is bright and shiny (laughs) and maybe it is kind of working or maybe it's been working for a really long time or maybe it would work for anybody else. But the Eight of Cups is about having the discernment, the knowing when to walk away, having trust that when we follow that call, 
to walk away from something, even if it looks really good, even if we've been working on it forever, even if the world will think we're crazy for walking away from this thing, from these eight cups that we've been collecting and stacking and caring for. Even if it seems crazy, even if it seems scary, it's about like having trust, following the call. If we're having the call, you know, the eight of cups is about having the bravery to walk away from what isn't working for you. It's a very release what doesn't serve so that more can come in so that there's room for more to come in. So this likely doesn't mean something very concrete and external and obvious, right? It's like if I'm I'm doing this reading for the collective, it's unlikely that each person hearing this has a job or a relationship or um or an apartment that they need to like end the lease on and move out of right that would be kind of wild (laughs) um these sorts of things can come up in really subtle ways as well the eight of cups can come up around subtle choices that we make it can come up around um our ruts routines and patterns the eight of cups can come up around a a certain way of communicating maybe there's like a communication pattern that you're being asked to like reckon with you know very judgment very judgment style um and walk away from it even if it seems like it's been working um judgment helps us have the discernment And then the Eight of Cups helps us to walk away. We're learning how to walk away from things when it's time to walk away from things, you know, and doing so with trust. That doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean there's no fear, right? But it does mean that there's also trust. And then our anchor for the week is Ten of Swords, which doesn't feel very anchoring. (laughs) Um... When we look at the Ten of Swords, it's a very intense card. It's one of the more like scary looking cards. There's a dude uh, who's very dead. Like he's dead. (laughs) There's no question about it. There are ten swords in this guy's back. There's blood all over. It's dark. It's nightfall. It's not a very positive looking card. And I'm always comforted when I remember that Soul Tarot says that especially in the swords, um, it's often the the depictions are often more about what our brain thinks about a thing rather than the actual thing itself. So pulling the Ten of Swords does not mean you are going to be or feel betrayed. It does not mean that um, something is dead or like, or um, is gonna die, right? Not necessarily, but it could be signaling that things feel dead or like there's like just this sense of like hopelessness, um, like this sense of like being at a loss, right? There's not much to be done (laughs) in this situation. There's so many swords going on. There's blood everywhere. So there's a few different ways that we can read this. I'll kind of unpack them and then we'll um, explore what that might mean in terms of being an anchor for us this week. But the Ten of Swords can sometimes mean um, 
almost, you know, kind of similar to the Eight of Cups. It can kind of be this like, hey, if something's dead, are you willing to walk away? Like not like beating a dead horse, that phrase. <laughs> um, knowing when something is done. Knowing when it's time to walk away from a thing. Some of us like kind of need this like kind of um, overkill <laughs> um, in order to really realize that something is dead. Something I find myself asking clients often is like, how bad does it need to get in order for you to realize that something needs to change? It's very, it's frequent that we say like, oh, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. Meanwhile, there's 10 fucking swords in our back. You know, how bad does it need to get before you'll take care of it, before you'll walk away from it? The 10 of swords can also be about um, something feeling really like a, like a betrayal or like a backstabbing or like this just sense of hopelessness. When there's 10 swords going on, like that, that just signals like a lot of brain chemistry. So when I pull the 10 of swords, I also always kind of like to look at like, what has, how has my brain been operating? <laughs> um, has there been a lot of mental activity? Has there been a lot of um, kind of like spiraling or churning or working, working, working to try to make sense of something in a really logical, brainy way? Maybe the thing can't be made sense of, right? Like maybe we need to pull the brain out of it altogether, pull the swords out of it altogether. You can't think your way out of everything. And we start to learn that in the sword suit starting at like the, like the two, kind of. Um, but especially in like the eight, nine, and ten. Um, sometimes we have to kind of learn to disengage from all of the mental activity. So as an anchor, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like this is a cautionary tale to um, um, have a very careful intentional relationship with your brain over the coming week notice if you're overthinking notice if your brain is like extra activated and remember that like um if there's a million swords flying around in there um it's really hard to like make sense of any of that so like um you know what i want to say is like give up trying <laughs> that's really inspiring melissa <laughs> um things don't make sense so give up trying to make sense of it <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound inspiring, but it kind of is, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, but like remembering that we don't have to believe the brain. You don't have to engage with the brain. You don't have to know the how and the why and the what of everything. Like maybe this week, if your brain is on overdrive, do what you can to um, just acknowledge that there's a lot of swords going on. Kind of see if you can like stick them in the ground <laughs> in some way and like tell yourself, um, I don't need to sort all of this out alone. I don't need to sort all of this out right now. I can choose how I'm engaging with my swords. If it feels hopeless, if it feels like a betrayal, it might be, right? And if you're in a Ten of Swords experience, you want to proceed very cautiously. So if things feel really hopeless or if they feel like a betrayal and if it's like, oh my God, they might 
be hopeless. It might truly be a betrayal. Like I um, try not to make any moves based on all of that. You know what I mean? Or at least like just tread carefully, be cautious, especially if the brain is activated um, and like in overdrive. Try not to necessarily act on that. You know, the spread altogether, the four cards altogether, it's a very contemplative, evaluative spread. And the Ten of Swords signals that there might be a lot of brain chemistry going on. But also, we got two cup cards, which invite us to touch in with the heart, deepen our relationship with the heart. And then the Judgment card, which is ruled by Scorpio, which is another water sign. So more water energy. There might be a lot of brain chemistry going on. And there's a lot of water energy present. So see if even if the brain is overactive, See if you can stay touched in with the heart. See if you can stay present with your body. And even though the Eight of Cups has this message of like being willing to walk away from what isn't working, the other three cards are also very like um, slow down and evaluate and just kind of look. They're they're not very action oriented cards. So I'm I'm just finding myself wanting to um, reemphasize that. If the brain is overactive, if there's a lot of brain chemistry going on, and and when that happens, um, we can kind of scramble to need an answer or need a fix or need some sort of direction. We need to change something. We need to do something. I need to let go of something or start something. You know, um, when there's a ton of brain chemistry, we tend to want to get out of it, which means that we do something, right? We act on something. Um, and if it's feeling really clear to you that there is an action that you need to do and it is truly aligned with your head, your heart, and your hands, all three in, al- in alignment, then like proceed with caution, but like go for it, mama. Like you know better than anybody else. Um, but overall, I'm just getting this sense that I need to, you know, really emphasize that this might be... Um, just a week to like tread lightly go slowly engage with yourself very carefully stay open to what needs to be illuminated to you trust that what you need to see will be shown to you right um and see if you can do that um judgment work that four of cups work that eight of cups work see if you can do all of that in a way where your swords are kind to you (laughs) and like um not killing you you know i hope that makes sense and i hope that this resonates it's like kind of it's not the most rosy peachy spread that i've (laughs) i've ever had that's for sure um and i don't think it's like necessarily going to be bad I don't think it's necessarily going to be hard but again like that word reckoning I don't think (laughs) it's um not commonly used in a very optimistic positive kind of way um so please let me know let me know what stands out to you let me know if this feels um relevant or present for you as the week unfolds um and I'd love to know if it's helpful on that note Let's move into the expansive astrology for the week. It's tarot week. So we'll start out talking about the justice card, the ruling card for Libra. Let's begin with what the justice card is not. 
because it's commonly seen as like some sort of signal that things are imbalanced or some sort of decision needs to be made or things that were once unfair are going to become fair and just or vice versa that like is some sort of injustice may be happening right people kind of um will pull the justice card and they'll say like some sort of decision needs to be made or they'll say if it's upright that um, things will be balanced and fair and work out in your favor or if it's reversed they'll say that um, the things are going to be unfair and unjust or um, that like you must rectify some sort of wrong that um, that um, there's like the, a fear mongering that happens commonly in tarot and with the justice card that like um karma's gonna get you like you reap what you sow which is true <laughs> uh, the, um you do reap what you sow and like um everything does come back around and that is true and like libra and the justice card help us to see the truth but it is not some sort of magical card that restores justice or it then it's not some sort of signal that um, you have made a mistake or that karma is going to get you or that you need to restore balance in some way or um, make some sort of decision. Eh, it's not quite it's not it's not that's just not <laughs> that's just not it. You know, that's not the full story. Mm. But what justice does say, what it does assist us in is realizing that everything does come back around, that there is a truth. In the justice card, we're learning how to be with what is rather than just what we wish could be. We're learning radical acceptance we're learning to look at the truth and it helps us kind of evaluate like doing that work helps us evaluate how we can be a means for change how we can bring about more fairness or balance injustice we are opening our eyes to seeing things as they are so that we can move forward it's an invitation to acknowledge what is rather than what we wish there was so that we can truly see what is out of balance. It's helping us to see what is what is out of balance <laughs> and like helping us to acknowledge what is so that we can tend to what's really here and find balance, find restoration, find justice so moving out of virgo season into libra season we can kind of see how virgo and its gift of being with what is and like the hermit's gift of um um being with what is being illuminated to us um and finding wisdom from there we move from the hermit into the wheel of fortune which kind of builds on the hermit. And then we see how the justice card builds on all of that even further. Like 
we start practicing in the hermit card and we start practicing in Virgo season, how to look at what is, how to find comfort doing that, how to find comfort um, being with what is being illuminated to us. And then um, we're moving into justice energy where we're really looking at the state of things, which isn't comfortable. <laughs> it's really fucking not comfortable at all, right? Because this includes like looking at how we may be perpetuating or contributing to injustice and how all the ways that injustice has been a part of our own lives and relationships really uncomfortable so it's a good thing that we've had some practice in Virgo season and with the hermit so that we can kind of tolerate that discomfort hopefully a little more and do this work it's necessary work finding radical acceptance I keep I keep saying that (laughs) Um, radical acceptance A willingness to stop fighting, stop resisting, stop denying the truth. An ability and a willingness to um, accept, to be with the things in life that are not fair. The things in life that are unjust. The things in life that are fucked. You know, pardon me, but how else am I going to say it? Um, (laughs) How do we deal with that? How do we deal with that, right? And like acceptance does not mean approval. It does not mean um, complacency. Having radical acceptance simply means that we're not fighting it. We're not denying it. We're not resisting it. We're with it. We're looking at it. Like we're in a courtroom, the judge and the jury presenting all of the evidence all the expert witness testimony, right? Going down to every last detail, the truth of every last detail, right? Like, um, that's what justice is all about. And this is important, right? Because we have to, this, we have to, we have to do this. We have to start with what's true and we have to start with what is actually here in order to move into what's possible in order to move into where we would like to be. Especially when there may never be an explanation as to the why of it all. How do we deal with the times when we find ourselves asking, why did this fucked up thing happen to me? Why did this injustice happen to me? Well, could the purpose have possibly been being a human means grappling with those questions often (laughs) and people swoop in with things like god gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers (laughs) and um it all happens for a reason and it's all meant to um, build you into who you're meant to be. And, um, you know, like well-meaning and, um, I like to believe, (laughs) I like to believe the latter at least, you know? Um, and we can kind of find comfort there and rest in all of that. 
and also um, truly be in the justice card, which means like looking at um, looking at the fact that you're right. Like it was unfair. It shouldn't have happened. It was fucked up. You didn't need it. You didn't want it. It shouldn't have been. That's that's part of it. And it is. It was. It did. It did happen. So we can fight it, deny it, ignore it, question it, be pissed about it. Or we can accept it. And again, that does not mean approving of it. But we can embrace what power we do have over situations. And we can kind of figure, like, where can we create change here? How can we make it even just a little bit easier to live with this? How can we be agents of justice, equity, empowerment, balance for ourselves, for our families, for our children, for our communities, for, and for all beings, right? And especially those who have been disenfranchised, those who can't do for themselves, who can't kind of, um, do this kind of work and fighting um, and bringing about change, justice, equity, empowerment, and balance, right? Really centering those. And this does not necessarily mean that you are a person who begins fostering children and um, begins a nonprofit and dedicates your life to law and justice (laughs) like you don't have to run for president right this can simply mean being a little less of an asshole during arguments with your partner and welcome back to the Lindsay mac fan cast (laughs) lindsey mac says quote justice card can mean addressing a circumstance where abuse or violence is passed down through your family line and you're the one it stops with that's justice work because you have to confront the fact that there was that in order to stop it in yourself unquote looking at what is so that we can get to where we want to be and like with The justice card, the tower card, the judgment card, the tarot is never asking us to do work that we're not ready for or capable of. I always remind myself of that, that like whatever is coming forward for me, I am equipped and ready to look at and handle. So like if you're a person who really feels the climate crisis and kind of panics about the climate crisis, rightfully, Um, the justice card helps us to be gentle with ourselves and our expectations of ourselves like that's part of the work like we may wish that we could take on big oil and like make recycling what it needs to be and really create some sort of change in this crisis 
And the justice card has us looking at what is accepting where you are and what you can do, what you are capable of and do what tending you need to do for yourself in order to be able to sleep at night. (laughs) It doesn't all fall on your shoulders, you know? So that's part of it. Realizing what is yours and what is not. Justice exists in those times we need or want to throw a tantrum (laughs) or wallow. You know, it's very like life isn't fair. It's very, um, you get what you get. You're in what you're in. You can't get out of it. It's no use arguing with it. And remembering that we can affect change. We can empower ourselves. And the only way that that's ever going to happen is if we're with the reality, the truth of what is. The more we try to get out of a thing, the more the thing is here. (laughs) The more we're in it. We start learning that in the hermit. It's true in the justice card. So here we're embracing our power to adjust. By noticing where things are out of balance, like the scales on the card. Noticing where things change and tip. We're able to maintain our center with that. This might not necessarily mean restoring balance and making things even and um, comfortable for us again. It might not mean making things just. Like you can let go of that expectation. (laughs) Uh, But what it does mean is moving forward from where we are with what is in our scales. And doing so in a way that is helpful and positive and just and balanced for you, given what you've been handed, given what is in your scales. Again, that might not necessarily mean fairness, but it means being with what is. And this can be huge in terms of generational trauma. Um, I had a period of time... Um, this summer where I felt haunted by the justice card. (laughs) It was coming up a lot for me. And um, I finally realized that it was coming up around coming to terms with the fact that like, I really shouldn't be drinking (laughs) right now, you know, so it comes up around some really tough stuff. Um, When my brain was starting to kind of be like, well, maybe I can dabble (laughs) maybe a trip to the brewery now and then isn't the worst thing and justice comes up to be like "Mm, is that the truth you sure about that (laughs) you know it came to the point where it would fall out of my deck or (laughs) you know I would pull and I'd be like ah I know okay I know I know I get it so really it's like such an ally it like reminds us of the truth it, it recenters us with the truth it kind of helps us if we're paying attention um, it helps us dissolve disillusion 
so we can kind of ask. And this is the theme for Libra season for the next like four weeks of your life, my love. Um, we can ask, is there something that I'm being called to look at and understand that I don't want to, <laughs> that I don't want to be true and that I don't want to acknowledge? What am I resisting accepting? What am I exist- resisting um, the truth of? And where can I better step into my power and be even more of an agent for change? Where is it possible for me to create change? And that's my take on the justice card. And thank goodness we also have some influence from the empress. Because <laughs> Libra energy almost feels like really kind of serious, right? And then, but then we have um, this Venusian influence. Venus is here and the empress is here. And I feel like that is um, just so beautiful, such a beautiful wave for Libra to, you know, ironically, it almost feels like it, um, it balances out the serious work that Libra does because um, Venus is about beauty and love and um, pleasure and the divine feminine. And I feel like Venus, the Empress, the influence of that energy helps us like bring this difficult and necessary work of cardinal air, of justice, um, of saying hard truths and we'll get into that with, with when we talk about the queen of swords but i feel like the empress and venus helps um bring the beauty and the friendship and the connection and the sensuality and intimacy um to libra energy it's and like <laughs> libra could use it you know with peace and love i say that with peace and love um let's talk about the empress I believe it's Rachel Pollock who says that the Empress is like the High Priestess if the High Priestess is about the Divine Feminine spiritually and the Empress is about the Divine Feminine in the material world. So there's these vibes of like um, creativity, abundance, fertility, uh, female authority, uh, motherhood, nurturing, and um, they can be all of that. And there's definitely those vibes here. And um, let's expand our understanding of what the, all of that actually means, right? Because what the Empress has a gift of and what she can teach us how to do is expanding our threshold for receiving. She helps us become like an artist of love, an artist of pleasure. The Empress teaches us that we have to position ourselves to being available to receiving what brings us pleasure. We have to work to open ourselves to pleasure. And it can be really challenging to receive. It can be really triggering to be in pleasure. It can feel unsafe to receive. It can be one of the hardest things that we can do. 
There are um, all kinds of um, sticky, difficult, like static messaging around what it means to receive, right? Phrases like um, spoiled brat and high maintenance and um, snowflake. It's really looked down upon. (laughs) And uh, I think that's kind of (laughs) silly. So let's see what we can do to reclaim what it means to receive, to reclaim what it means to prioritize pleasure. The Empress brings our attention to our relationship with nourishment, with receiving nourishment, with um, cultivating pleasure, and with um, staying open in our heart, and with staying in alignment, staying in empowerment. We, we get to explore how we express affection and how we enjoy beauty. We get to explore what it means to romanticize your life. How to step into a sense of richness where you are, right? Cultivating all of this, being with all of this, this sense of richness, this like romanticizing yourself and your life and everything you have in the courtroom of the justice card. (laughs) I love that. And Soul Tarot reminds us <laughs> through the Empress, right? The, the Empress reminds us that if we are unavailable to receive, beauty has nowhere to go because it's there. It's there. We have access to pleasure at our fingertips. I always, I always say <laughs> with the Empress when we're kind of having this discussion that it's kind of, it's kind of difficult, not impossible, but really pretty difficult to have an orgasm or to an, enjoy an orgasm that we're not willing to have, that we're not open to having. Libra, Venus, the Empress helps us in opening and expanding what we're comfortable with receiving. It's an invitation to root down into receptivity. And this is so hard (laughs) and it requires like reclamation and healing and intentional, deep, true permission because we have these deep rooted beliefs about what it means receive what it means to take we have some really deep rooted beliefs about what it means to um, have pleasure be in pleasure want pleasure seek pleasure so as we're kind of considering all this you're sitting in the courtroom of the justice card Um, this includes looking at um, what are what are your deep rooted beliefs about what it means to take or what it needs, what it means to need, or what it means to seek pleasure, want pleasure, need pleasure. How are your needs and wants and desires met in childhood? And how do you meet them for yourself in adulthood? There can be a lot of stickiness there, right? 
lots of invitations to permission ourselves and to undo the stickiness that might be there. And like realizing that if you're an adult, um, we get to decide what we receive. Like we don't need permission or proof of worthiness like from outside of us. Um, and what we've been given is not a reflection of what we deserve. I'm going to like say it louder for the people in the back. What you've been given is not a reflection of what you deserve. If you're available to practice receiving, intentional, careful receiving, which includes some pretty fierce, radical boundaries, which again, Libra helps us with, the Queen of Swords helps us with. If we're able to practice those things, um, you will become so much better at giving. If we were more present in our receiving, wouldn't we be so much nicer to be around? (laughs) Wouldn't we be so much more effective parents and people, (laughs) whatever you are, whatever you do, however you show up? If you were really present in receiving and cultivating and being in and with and crafting and creating pleasure, like that's only positive. It's only going to help you. (laughs) I don't know why we don't prioritize this more. Makes me mad. And the other thing to realize is that if your relationship with receiving were better, you wouldn't need to take so much. And there's a big difference between taking and receiving. And if our needs are going unmet, it puts us in a position, whether consciously or not, whether intentionally or not, puts us in a position of needing to take because the needs are there one way or another, whether we're tending them intentionally or not, the need is there and we're going to figure out how to get the need met. And sometimes that means really disempowered, panicked, grasping for our needs to be met. And we can learn how to meet our needs and have our needs met in a pl- from a place of empowered receiving rather than disempowered panicked taking so we're in this season where there's a clear invitation to focus in on being present to receiving what is actually here surrendering to receiving what is actually here romanticize your life find there's so much medicine all around us and it is yours for the taking it is available to you it is right at your fingertips you can create it you can engage with it it is yours for the taking it's yours receive it find it cultivate it everywhere we can ask ourselves how might we deepen our receiving what were your what are some ancestral messaging that um, has been programmed into you about receiving? Is it okay to receive? Is it okay to need? 
is it okay to share? What stories exist in your family and your culture and communities around receiving and taking and sharing? We can begin to explore again, supported by the queen of swords, which we'll talk about next, but exploring like, what are you open to receiving? What do you want to receive? And additionally, like, where does your threshold for comfort with that end? Like, where is it easier for to receive? And then where does it come? Where did you come up against an edge with that? Where, where is it not so easy for you to receive? I love me some Empress energy. Well, let's briefly talk about the swords. Because um, the swords are air energy and Libra is air energy. And it can be intense. <laughs> air energy. <laughs> the swords. It can be intense. Um, air. The element of air represents the mind. Um, the brain chemistry. And communication how we communicate that brain chemistry. There's always movement happening in air energy, right? And we know that there's like always movement happening in the brain, <laughs> in the mind. Um, there's always something to learn or do or explore, right? And in the suit of swords, we're learning what it means to befriend the brain, how to have a brain in a way that is helpful <laughs> and um, in a way that helps support our expansion and our alignment. Getting curious about the way our brain works, the way we think, so that we can stop identifying with it so damn much. <laughs> so that we can drive the car with the brain like in the passenger seat or even the back seat. This is where we learn that our thoughts and our beliefs are not necessarily the truth. And feelings are not facts. The story that the brain tells us is often much worse than reality. And we see that illustrated on the cards where there's a black sky and ten freaking swords in this dude's back. <laughs> uh, it's, the story that the brain tells us is often much more intense than reality. And we have a responsibility to check our narratives. Doing so can really set us free. It can be helpful to acknowledge that the brain's purpose, it's an expert at this, it's an expert at keeping us safe. And the way it keeps us safe is by uh, keeping things predictable, keeping things the same. Because the brain feels really threatened um, in a state of change. It feels threatened when it doesn't know what the heck is going on, right? It feels safe when it knows exactly what to predict. So it doesn't want us to evolve. It doesn't want us to do big, scary things. It doesn't want us to um, step into the unknown. It wants to keep repeating the known past. We can begin to free ourselves of the known past and find some semblance of comfort, <laughs> or at least a willingness to be in the discomfort of um, stepping into the unknown. 
We can learn how to do this when we move through the suit of swords, when we learn how to befriend the brain, when we learn how our brain is operating, how it is keeping us small and the same and in contraction in the face of expansion. Right? We can learn how to say, my brain is telling me this. My brain is inviting me to believe this. My brain is doing this thing and choosing. Um, thanks, brain. But I'm going to like take a rain check on what you're saying and try this other thing because we're safe. Like it's all about having a relationship with the brain, hearing it and not necessarily believing everything it says, hearing it and sometimes ignoring it <laughs> in an empowered way, <laughs> right? <laughs> in a helpful way because <laughs> um, ultimately... The brain is in its highest service when it is serving the soul. And when we're not careful, when we're not intentional, when we don't do this work, the, that's not where the that's not the brain's default. Right? That's not where the brain wants to go. We have to like do some convincing to get it there. Now the queen of swords, the queen of air energy, the queen of having a brain, the queen of communication. She is Libra energy. She is beauty. She is grace. She is Libra energy. She's the queen of saying a hard thing and setting a boundary. She is not afraid to do it. She's not afraid to say a hard thing. She's not afraid to assert herself. She's not afraid to advocate. It's how she rules her kingdom. And in the Pamela Coleman Smith illustration, we see she's uh, sitting there with a big old sword straight up and down right in front of her face. Like you can't get to her face without <laughs> um, passing by this giant sword. Like there's this huge boundary, massive boundary. And also she's extending her arm out past the sword. Her other arm is like open palm up. Um, extended past the sword so there's just this this sense that um, she's not cutting people off she's not blocking people out there is a firm solid unmistakable boundary and also an openness a willingness a friendliness this is the energy that helps us cultivate the courage to disappoint people and to do so with a gentleness and openness, right? I, um, <laughs> um, I'm thinking, I'll just say it. I'm thinking specifically of my sister who, um, who I hope wouldn't mind calling me calling her out a little bit here on a public forum. But like, she's a person who's not afraid to disappoint people. Like she has the courage to disappoint people. Like she'll hold she'll hold her big old sword up right in front of her face. Um, and, and so she's the type of person who could learn how to also uh, learn how to do that while also keeping an arm outreached, you know, um, an openness, a friendliness. Um, she's an Aries. So there's kind of a burn the, just burn the bridge. <laughs> like that's how you handle that sort of thing. But the queen of swords, helps us handle that sort of thing, helps us like 
um, maybe burn the bridge, but then the Queen of Swords also will like rebuild the bridge with you in a more structural, structurally sound way that is more beneficial for both of us. <laughs> Queen of Swords energy. Learning how to effectively and kindly disappoint people. Cardinal air, the queen of swords, Libra energy. It's very welcoming energy. Learning how to keep firm boundaries with love that are balanced in both thought and emotion. So I think that's all I have for you for the expansive astrology this week. I hope it helps. I hope it's inspiring. I hope it furthers your understanding of Libra season and what the invitations are um, for the next couple of weeks. Now for this week's astrological forecast, I'll share what you can expect in the stars for the coming week. Uh, Remember, this is all in Eastern Standard Time and you can find it printed in the show notes. I'll be sharing some of the more major transits, as well as when the moon will be void, of course. Not expecting you to overly structure your life around these things, but more so that you can just be aware of what is going on and be observant of how these things may be impacting you as they unfold. So starting with Tuesday, the 27th the day of this upload. The moon is void, of course, all afternoon from 1221 p.m. until it enters Scorpio at 715 p.m. Thursday, the 29th, Venus enters Libra at 349 a.m. And then the moon goes void, of course, in the evening at 520 p.m. It goes direct again on Friday, when it enters Sagittarius at 12.03 a.m. Saturday, October 1st, the moon is void, of course, starting at 5.46 p.m. And then it goes direct on Sunday the 2nd, when it enters Capricorn at 3.38 a.m. Also on Sunday the 2nd, Mercury goes direct at 5.07 a.m. And we have the waxing half moon in the evening at 8.14 p.m. Halfway to the full moon. Already. That's crazy. Monday the 3rd, the moon is void, of course, starting at 11.49 p.m. And it goes direct on Tuesday the 4th when it enters Aquarius at 6.20 a.m. Also, Tuesday the 4th will be episode 22 where I'll be talking about the seventh house of relationships. It's one of my favorite topics in expansive astrology, talking about relationships, how we get our needs met in relationships, how we show up in relationships. I love it. So I hope to see you here next week. I also hope to see you at the next moon meetup, which happens on Sunday, October 9th. We'll be celebrating the full moon in Aries. Also, just a humble reminder, if moon meetups are something that you're interested in attending on a regular basis, or if you would like a monthly tarot reading from me in your inbox, you can find more details for the Meet Your Magic monthly membership, my newest offering that I'm so excited about and so thankful to those of you who are engaging with 
um, the first round of tarot readings will be going out, um, like this week, this weekend. Um, so I'm, I'm really celebrating that and so excited about that. So thankful for that. Um, you know where to find more information. I would be honored to have you, uh, support the podcast in that way. And hopefully you will feel supported as well. Anyway, that's enough of that. That's all I have for you this week. Um, as always, thank you so, so much for being here. Please let me know how I can support you. I hope this feels supportive for you. I love you so much. I will see you next week. Take really good care of yourself. Bye. Now, before you go, let me keep your ear for just a moment. This week's episode is brought to you by www.theselfcarewitch.com, my bread and butter, where you can find more information on my current courses, offerings, and other fun ways to connect with myself and yourself. If you enjoyed this episode and you dig what I'm doing here, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it, and leave a review. It helps so much. And if you'd like to connect with me, head to theselfcarewitch.com. I'd truly love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.